Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Como están, pinches? Welcome. Estoy mal. Why? Health stuff again? Still? Doctor appointment today? See. Si. What, uh, if you don't mind sharing, you, you, uh, if you don't uh, mind sharing, if it's not an Excelsior bit of info, what, what, uh, what's the reason for shoot, your doctor? I, I, I forgot, I forgot how to say tired. Yo, yo soy. Cansado with an N. Cansado. Cansado. Yo soy cansado. Por qué? Um, f- I was quick separate. I haven't been sleeping a lot or eating a lot, and then there's like a lot of physical pain. So I think that that is pretty good trio. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's funny. I was because we, we were talking last time about TRT, and I'm like, yeah, that definitely would help. But I was like, huh. I guess I'm not sleeping as much as I need to. That also came out in the conversation, and then. It really, really shocked me the other day because I, I don't usually weigh myself. I'm not, um, you know, like like uh, going to, to beauty pageants. I'm like, oh, I got to get on the scale and maintain my girlish figure, any of that kind of stuff. But we needed to weigh, weigh my dog because he, he was a little bit heavy when he went into the vet. And the vet was like, yeah, he should probably lose, you know, four or five pounds. So the way you weigh a dog is you get on the scale first yourself. You see how much you weigh. You pick your dog up. You get on the scale mm. and then do some subtraction. And I got on the scale and it said 178 pounds. I was like, what the fuck? Like, all right, our scale's broken. We'll have to get a different scale. And then I got, you know, I've got like a 25-pound kettlebell and I put it on the scale and it said 25 pounds. I'm like, wait, what? What the fuck? There's no way I only weigh 178 pounds right now. This is insane. And uh, no, lo and behold, I was only 178 pounds. I was like, well, I wish. I guess that makes sense. I wish I weighed 178 because you actually have muscle mass. (laughs) I just have Mexican on me. I don't. I have not weighed that little since somewhere in between my junior and senior year of high school. And it's not like, it's not like a, a thing of, you know, oh, I put on weight and I've, I've dropped it now. It's like, I, you know, I was, I was weighing 205 pounds with 6% body fat when I was in college. Yeah. Um, and I've, after college, I dropped a little bit of, of muscle mass. You know, I gained a little bit of fat. I don't think I was 6% anymore, but... I was really consistently at about 200 pounds the entire time uh, after college. And then um, I guess it was not this this past winter, but the winter before that, we did this this cardio competition where it was the same thing that Joe Rogan did for Sober mm-hmm. October, where we, we had the little heart rate monitor that you'd get points for every who's, minute. Who's you'd... we? Who's we? So it was it was me and then there's a, a uh, online um, uh, Instagram group. Uh, that has been dubbed the Terror Dome, and Terror Dome, um, and it's it's just a, a bunch of like meme pages from Instagram Some content content creators on IG, and you guys all decided to do a a a, a mock uh, sober October. I I think it was more that I got annoyed because I was pretty sure that Rogan was full of shit oh, okay. when he was describing his trials and tribulations. Because yeah. he, he went into this whole thing, and the, the part that I, I roasted him for was he was talking, again, to, to other t- comedians, two of whom were very overweight and one of whom never worked out at all, and he was hardcore posturing. Yes, like, absolutely. Like, 
like Silvergrat gorilla sticking his chest out, kind of beating all like posturing. And he, he's like, yeah, there's no way that you guys could have beat me. I, I went to a dark place during this challenge that I knew you guys couldn't follow. If, he was, was like, a, if he was a fucking man, if he was really a man... That motherfucker would do his Sober October, but do it against Jocko Willink. And what's that other guy? The uh, crazy Navy... David, David Goggins. Goggins. Do it against... Stay hard, fools. Do it against those two. <laughs> and then you're and then you're a man. Uh, don't... don't comp- Yeah, you're right. Like, he's doing it against, like, two fat... Like, what is it? Bert Kreischer and... Uh, Bert Kreischer I and Tom, Tom Segura. Segura. I love... I can't talk shit about that guy. That guy's amazing. Bert Kreischer's... Uh, laugh annoys me. I, I like Bert. I like Bert Kreischer as well. Like I've I've enjoyed some of his specials, but um, it just it just cracked me up. It, incidentally, I I don't know about you. I think David Goggins is hilarious. I don't I don't follow him on any social media, but occasionally, you know, one of his videos will pop up, and it's just like unintentional comedy to me. Like it's so over the top and hyperbolic, where like it makes me laugh. Where like I can't. I'm trying to think. I can't remember anything he's actually said, but he, he's just like, it's just always this like super like alpha, like I was running down the road and I got a nail on my foot. And I said, fuck that. So I cut off my foot. You keep going. <laughs> you don't let nails in your foot stop you. You cut that motherfucker off. You make a new foot out of a piece of stone and you run a hundred miles. Stay hard. And I'm like, that's like David Goggins to me. It's just, it's just so over the top funny, but it's like, yeah, people like that really do exist. Joe Rogan, you're not one of them. Like, stop talking right. about a dark place. So, so I talked. Um, I, I talked some other people into doing the, the competition with us. It was it, uh, if, any, if anyone follow, want, wants to follow some good um, meme pages on IG, the the ones that that, that participated in it with with us were uh, at MMA Nerds. Okay. No underscores, um, no spaces. I, I, I can't remember. If you, if you just – his page is pretty big. He, I think he's like 200,000 okay. followers. So if you just search for at MMA Nerds, he'll come up. There was at Funny MMA, and then there was at Love MMA, Love MMA Apparel, who had an MMA apparel line, and he kind of dropped off the face of the earth. So I don't I don't know what's mm. going on with him. Um, but we, we were the ones doing it, and it, it really became a two, two-way race between me and – and MMA nerds who, um, he, he, his IG stories are one of the most entertaining parts about his feed. Like he gets like very personal, like talking about his life and the things that happened in his family and his di- dad dying of cancer and like all this stuff where it's like, it's not particularly funny. Like, and it all comes out in these Q and A's. He'll just do these huge Q and A's with his followers and it'll get like really, really personal. So anyhow, I, I was not expecting to be much competition at all, um, because he's—I think he's like six foot eight. Oh shit! And just like a huge, huge guy. He's had a, a whole bunch of like concussions and like joint problems, and I was like, "There's no way!" Like I, I know, like I'm fucked up, but I'm just gonna smoke this, you know, uh, Paul Bunyan. Um, <laughs> do you guys do it for a whole month, or you guys do it for? Yeah, no, we did it. We did it January first to the thirty first, and. It, it was uh, it was intense. Like I he I didn't I didn't take into account that while he definitely had some problems, he's also a a lot younger than me, and b just as stubborn as me. And then c like hadn't had surgeries on his like knees and hips and shit like that. Like I've had hip surgery at this point already. So um, 
my my body will wear down just a lot faster doing normal cardio. So like, yeah, he it was me chasing him for the whole first half of it. And then there definitely came a turning point where I started just wearing him down mentally. And I was, I was, I was fucking with this dude hardcore mentally. Like I would, you know, this was maybe like 20 days in, I would start sending him messages in the morning. Like, like, dude, this is awesome. I feel so great. I have so much energy. How are you today? And I would just, <laughs> you asshole. that would be, that would be it. And then like, there was like one, like I could tell, like he was, I knew he was struggling. I could just really see it. And I sent, I sent him a message. I'm like, it's like, dude, like my legs feel so good today. Like, I think I'm gonna do a marathon. Do you want to do a marathon oh, today? Like, just like we'll both we'll both just do a ma- dude. So first of all, I was a hundred percent full of shit. Oh, oh my god, I was dragging <laughs> so bad. Like, I, I just wanted to quit. Like, I had no energy. Like, I I would because I was doing usually like like three workouts a day. Um, because and I I'd figure this is what I figured it out early on in the competition. I figured out I, I just couldn't do workouts that were as intense as, as this MMA nerds guy. Like he he was doing these huge workouts like where he'd, he'd go for like two hours, like pushing a really hard pace on an elliptical. And my joints just won't let me right. do that. Like like my muscles will get fatigued too fast because they're trying to fix for problems with my joints. And I was like, I can't I can't do it. I was like, all right, the only way I beat this guy is if I if I just do the slow and steady approach and. I just won't ever take recovery time. I'm going to take zero breaks. I will just keep going at this like steady um, pace. And at some point he's going to break and I'm going to keep going. And then he won't, he won't be able to keep up. That was my goal. And then when we were, yeah, when we're at like 20 day mark and he hadn't broke yet, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to start some um, mental warfare to edge this motherfucker along a little were bit. You, were you, um, were you, before you started that competition, were you at least in some kind of a shape or were you, no, at all? No, not at all. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess I was better than just like pure couch potato. I mean, I wasn't overweight, so that helped for sure. But I, you know, I'd done some kind of hiking here or there, a little bit of running um, in, I guess it would have been November because we, we were supposed to start November and then I had really bad tendonitis in my sartorius tendon. So it's sort of this tendon that goes on like the inside of your your uh, quad. So it kind of starts like where the inside of your knee is and runs up to, kind of towards your groin. And I had this really bad tendonitis. So I asked them if we could postpone it in, from uh, – because we were, we were going to start it in December and I was like – I was like, guys, like, like I fucking can't like – move my leg like please and they're like they gave you uh, shit they did at first at first they, oh they gave me a ton of <laughs> shit but they're like fine let the let the gimp heal a little bit and we'll do it in <laughs> january it's like okay um so i but so i mo- i spent most of january or most of december just trying to go to some physical therapy and like get my my tendon a little bit better um and i couldn't i was weird i couldn't fix it like it come you know january rolls around it's still bothering me and i'm like fuck it like i can't ask for another month off like they're just they're just going to not do it at all um so when we started the competition like i didn't even feel like i could run i was just walking i would walk um i was trying to walk like 10 miles a day and and i would do it with um you know, like with like some like arm swings and like like some cal- any sort of like calisthenic I could throw in that I thought wouldn't aggravate that tendon. Uh, and then I, and then I bought I bought an Airdyne bike. That that's the best piece of 
um, cardio equipment you can get. You know those big fan oh, bikes? Oh, yeah. No, I, I I was like, what the fuck's an Airdyne? But it's got like a fan where the wheel is or whatever you're pedaling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'd actually tested out a bunch of equipment. Like I went to the gym and I, and I was seeing how hard I had to work versus how, how much it got my heart rate up. You know, so I was trying like, you know, the elliptical at the gym. I was trying treadmills. I was trying rowing machines. And I found that nothing was as effective as to get my heart rate up as those Airdyne bikes. And I was like, fuck, I can just buy one for like 50 bucks used mm. and I don't even have to worry. So I, I, I think I went to the gym maybe like once or twice that entire I hate competition. The fucking for me, gym. it was I all. I do a gym. Oh, I don't like it either. I'm the type of guy that does my, like if I ever do any kind of exercise at all, I got to do it by myself. If there's any weights involved, okay, maybe there's a spotter, but I just don't like, I don't like going to gyms. I don't like people staring at each other or staring at, you know, at the mirrors at themselves. And I just, that's not my, that's not my thing. So when I, when I first got out to, to uh, Denver, you know, this was after leaving, I, you know, left coaching. I was like, fuck, I have to get my health in order. And I came out to Denver and I didn't have a place to stay and rent was like way, way more expensive than it had been, you know, four or five years ago. I mean, it rents doubled and tripled in some places. So, so I'm, I was staying with my parents who they, they, they had a, a, a townhouse, like mm-hmm. a, like a townhome. So I, there was a bedroom in there, but it wasn't that big of a bedroom. It had carpet, which, and I'm allergic to dust, like dust mites. So like the carpet was fucking with my sinuses and everything. And I didn't have a job or like any place to go. So I was just going to 24 hour fitness, like five hours a day. Like that was like my right. job. I felt like, but it was more of a it was more of a retreat from being at, stuck in the at home. Not so much to, yeah. That's the only time I've ever gone to the gym a lot. But this wasn't this wasn't you know this was a two a year and a half two years before this whole cardio competition and my my workout habits once once I got a better uh, place to live definitely dropped off. But anyhow, long long story short, with that cardio competition, um, MMA nerds uh, beat Joe Rogan's score. He, he he did it in like one of the most epic like workout sessions of the whole the whole thing where I was just egging him along. I'm like, you know, where, where he's like, he's like, man, I'm close to to beating Rogan's score. I'm like, well, I think if you don't beat it this session, that pretty much means you're a coward. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, fuck you, I'm gonna beat it, and then he beats it. I'm like, yeah, but like, look, you're so close to get. I can't remember what it was. I'm like, you're so close to getting a thousand points. There's no, and this is true. I was like, there's no way I could get a thousand points in one session. I mean, I think I think if you get a thousand points in one session, that pretty much means you're the alpha of the group. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, fuck you. I'm like, I'm gonna get one thousand points. And like, I just kept egging him along. Where like the next day he was just dead and he doesn't do anything. And then two days later, it was I was cracking up. I was fucking 20, 20 year old idiots. He's like, I don't understand. Like I still I'm so sore. Like how am I this sore two days? Oh later? shit! <laughs> like, you fucking fucking twenty year olds like. As I'm like, yeah, that's when you get the source. So he just quit after that. He beat Rogan's score. And then I don't think he even did anything the last week. Uh, and I kept going and beat, beat both his score and Rogan's score by a couple thousand points. It was like Rogan had like 11,000. I had like, I I think I had like 13 or 14,000, something like that. Yeah. And, and again, Rogan Rogan's competition wasn't as stiff comparatively to yours. Rogan, Rogan had it in the bag. The, the the big thing for me, there, at no point was my body quote unquote like breaking down. I didn't go to a dark <laughs> place. I didn't. I was like, 
I'm like, dude, this, yeah, this is hard. There were definitely days where I felt like, you know, my legs were dead and I didn't have energy, but it's like, you just keep going. And that's the one thing that this, that whole experience really reminded me of. I was like, wow, like Rogan commentates a sport that have some of the, the toughest, hardest people in the world. But I don't think he ever actually participated in a sport with like truly tough guys, like maybe jujitsu. Cause there, there he are do Muay Thai. There, Isn't he like a Muay Thai? So, so that, that's the thing you have to remember is typically the Muay, Muay Thai is a, in the United States anyways, at that time was a hard sport done by soft people. Hmm. Think about, think about the guys that you knew in high school from whether it was from athletics, or whatever, like the really like, like truly like tough guys, were any of them going to karate or Muay Thai or martial arts? No, I don't think so. No, they're like, they're like playing football. Like they're playing, you know, yeah, they may have been doing, they may have done wrestling or, or you know, wrestling. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's some really, really tough motherfuckers in wrestling. Did Joe Rogan ever wrestle? No, no, no. I see what you're saying. No, I mean, so people, and this, it's, it's, it's funny because this is definitely a stereotype, but it's also hundred percent true. And it describes Rogan. People got into martial arts were, were smaller people who were kind of weak, who, who got bullied and wanted to feel like they could defend themselves, wanted to feel protected. Um, and it was the, and those were the people that found their way to martial arts and, and, if you've ever heard to- Rogan talk about his backstory or wh- why he got into to Muay Thai, it was because he he moved around a lot um, as a kid. He got bullied and got beat up, and then he went to to martial arts and got obsessed with it. But it that was one of the things where um, I was especially struck by by judo in the U.S. Um, and, and again, this is just my personal experience. I'm sure it differs somewhat. And I think judo might be a more extreme example. Um, but like the people at judo were just like very soft <laughs> in, in terms of just the mentality and the way they, they approached it where it was, it was just like, Oh, if, if you just get like actually mean and tough with them, they just, they just sort of curl up in a ball. When you did judo, did you ever do it uh, against, I guess, uh, international competition or was it always just kind of local stuff? Yes, I did. I did um, one international competition, not international, national competition. Okay. Um, you know, I, did, I was I didn't go to to like Singapore or anything. I wonder if like other countries, um, you know, have have their their elites too. You know, it it did it did not go go great for me. Um, it, it was and it was just unfortunate. It was kind of where I just. Was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just take a step back from judo because I, I kind of fucked up my hip. Like the whole time I was playing in college, I had torn cartilage in my hip, mm-hmm. um, and I hadn't, I hadn't gotten it fixed yet, unfortunately. And I even, re, I re-injured it again, even worse after college. And so I was just very prone to, to having hip problems. So I, I messed up my hip in judo. So like my left, my left leg wasn't really working well, and then. You know, it was it wasn't a, a national competition, so I had to go to Florida. So plane plane tickets were already booked and everything. And then I get the flu the week the week of. Oh shit! So it's like I, I was like my, my my hip my hip wasn't working. Uh, I've got the flu, and then you know I had a flight out to to Florida, and I was jet lagged. And then I also had to, it wasn't much, but I did have to cut a little bit of weight. 
And um, cause like, you know, like I said, at that point, you know, I was, I was a little bit over 200 pounds and I, I'm trying to remember what the judo weight classes were. It was like 90 something kilograms. Um, I, I want to see how much I actually had to cut, but anyhow, I had to cut a little bit of weight and unlike, it's not like the UFC where you weigh in the night before and then you can like re- eat and rehydrate and sleep. It's like you weigh in the day, the morning of like early the morning of, and it was especially early because this was on Eastern standard time. And, 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 um, it was mountain time for me. So it felt like I was weighing in at like four in the morning and, and I'm jet lagged and I'm, I've got the flu (laughs) and my legs all fucked up. And then, and yeah, and then I went and competed and like, didn't go great. Um, the, the one part which is hilarious is I did, I did almost pin one of the, one of the black belts. Like I don't, and he just got, he just got furious and like fucked up my knee. (laughs) <laughs> he fucked up your knee when you when you beat him or d- during the process of beating him or no nah, i didn't i didn't quite manage to pin it in judo you have to pin like it's not like wrestling where it's a quick pin you have to hold them on their with their back exposed for 30 seconds which is incredibly difficult to do and i had him down there from so it's fr- like it's like it's 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 kind of like the pro well pro pro when i say pro wrestling i'm talking about like the the uh the fake shit but in pro wrestling they do that three three count fall three count whatever <laughs> but it's 30 seconds is a lot harder in judo it's like you're just sitting there um you ju- you're just you're just sitting and uh it's it's not like in wrestling you have to have both of your um both of your sh- the shoulder blades contacting the mat for a pin so it's like if you get like if you turn and get a shoulder up that's you're not pinned anymore. Mm. Judo, you, you just have to have the back exposed. So you don't it's like you don't have to have both shoulder blades down. You could get one up, you could they could be moving around. As long as the back is exposed, it's just really hard to to hold someone who's who's athletic and has any idea what they're doing in terms of grappling for that long. But um and I don't know what he did. Like I wasn't, I never thought about like protecting my, my knees or anything like that. He did, he did something where like he reached down and he, he I don't know if he grabbed my ankle, but he just torqued on my, 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 uh, f- like foot really hard. And it, all the, the impact translated to my knee. And I just remember thinking like, oh great. Like I might've fucked up another ACL or something. I was not happy. Anyhow, how do we, how do we get on this? This tangent of judo. Because we were talking about uh, a Rogan's competition and and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 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 this so this is this is what I learned about judo. Um, the the a lot of a lot of the Europeans who do judo judo were tough. The, the Russians especially. The Russians were who did judo were like bad motherfuckers. Were the Armenians that ever good? You, I don't. I don't um, know. I never. I never ran into any Armenian judo players. It seems to be like Armenians, like you know, like like uh, uh, Carl the Heat Parisian, and then some of the uh, Armenians that were training with the Rousey camp with uh, Edmund Edmund's camp. Some of those guys are like they have judo backgrounds or some kind of grappling ish. Well, let me. I'm I'm trying to think of a way to explain the dynamic and the the, the are, they, are they even called dojos? Whatever the dojo that I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got there, it was run by two, two Americans. Um, one was named Heidi, uh, who, who was trying to secure an Olympic spot, but she could not because, uh, the U S had not qualified for the women's heavyweight division. Oh shit. 
So like like Heidi was like a a rather large woman. Like she she was square in 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 uh, proportions <laughs> and outweighed me by probably twenty pounds. Okay. Um, and she beat the shit out of me for the first like two weeks because I I just didn't know. I mean there were there were part you know like we we'd go into scrambles and I would get position, but I just didn't know about. A lot of the chokes. So like she would armbar me because I didn't know what the fucking armbar was or how to defend it. She would choke me out with my own gi because uh-huh. I didn't. I just there were just th- so it was just sort of and th- they also weren't telling me like teaching me how to defend that stuff. It was sort of fun for them. It's like <laughs> aha, like big athletic like white belt. We're gonna fuck with him for a while, and then I'm not kidding. As soon as I figured out how to defend those things, she would just stop going with me. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> and she, I mean. Pretty much. Uh, and then she was married to Scott, who was blind, um, which is kind of funny. It's like, uh, it's like so, so Scott, the blind judo player, marries uh, Heidi, the 220-pound um, women's heavyweight. Yeah, okay. That fits. <laughs> they, they were, funny, and they, yeah. don't get me wrong. They were cool. I, like, I, liked, I liked both Scott and Heidi. I mean, I, I, liked, I liked pretty much everybody at, the, uh, at, the, at that, that dojo. But um, cold-blooded. They, they were... And they were a little bit more competition oriented and still in my mind, I'm like, when I was comparing them to the Olympic hopefuls I knew from wrestling, I'm like, oh, these are, these are like little poodles. They're like, (laughs) they're, um, and then, and then there was, uh, Jessica and Jim were the two other black belts that that ran it. And they, they were both great. Like they were really nice people. Like, um, you know, I, I, I thought they were great teachers, but they would all, all very much uh, say things to me like, "Oh, you've got to remember, judo is the gentle way. You've got to right. you've got to find the path of." Well, that is what it means. It is the gentle way. He's you know they're like, "Don't he's te- technique over strength. Technique always beats strength." Like in that tone of voice too, they were trying to be very guru esque, mm. and I would I was getting those things all the time. Where like I wanted to just be like, "Well, okay." So you think technique always beats strength. So what happens if I use all my strength and you use all your technique right now? Who do you think's going to win? But I I'm like let's be respectful. Let me just learn. I'm not trying to be an asshole. Like it's cool. I'll just I'll just let this go. And then after I've been there for a few months, they started telling me, "Oh, Jamal's coming back." And I'm like, "What?" They're like, "Yes, Jamal." Like, "Oh, you're you're going to be in for it when Jamal gets back." And I was like, "I don't I don't understand what this. Okay, um, and Jamal. It was it was spelled with a D. It was a silent D. It was D J A M A L, and Jamal was just this giant Russian dude. Oh shit! Uh, who's a little <laughs> little bit younger than me? I pictured somebody and, else. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. That's what I thought too. I was I was like I was like, is this is there gonna be like a giant black yeah. like judo black belt? Like this is gonna be crazy. Yeah. This is like this is like Bruce Lee level shit, but no, it was it was D Jamal, but the the D was silent, and I I you know I get the first day that he gets there, I'm like this is great, this is fucking awesome. There's a guy who is my size that I can just go 100 percent all out against. I don't have to worry about like hurting them or crushing them, and he did not seem to give a shit if I was using as much strength as I could. Um, and it was actually, it was the other really nice part with what I learned was he had like one move that I had just did, had no idea how to stop. Mm. And outside of that, like we, we weren't that far off. Cause I, I was a much better wrestler than him. Um, 
and he was just better at judo and it was just fun like you know if we were to to engage in a, 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 a judo match like he would definitely have beaten me but like at the end i go i'm like jamal like that was great that was so much fun like this is the most fun i've had since i've been here like but i've just i've just got to ask you like i i've been getting so much like it's it's technique over strength like strength isn't important for judo you you just need technique but it that didn't seem like what you were doing like what What's your take on that? And he's like, "What? Like strength most important for judo <laughs> in Russia?" I'm, and I'm not, I'm not making this easy. Like Russia, we take 80 kilogram bags of sand. We just grab just your grip and we pick up sand. You pick up 80 kilogram bag of sand. You pick up 80 kilogram person and you throw them. Strength most important. I'm like, motherfucking Jamal. Here we go, bro. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Oh Jesus. So like the the Russians were badasses. There was um, don't they do sambo? Don't they? Isn't sambo like a big thing out there? Yes, they do. I mean, Russia is all about sport. They love sport. So it's it's sambo is like that's like their their number one. So I I would I would even guess that the it it's all relative, right? Like there's like hierarchies. I bet the 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 Russians who go into to judo are soft compared to the Russians that go into sambo. Mm -hmm. But they're all badasses compared to the Americans that go into judo. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that has something to do with their... I mean, even like... Uh, we think of the Dagestanians like Habib and his, his dad and all those guys that are doing their, their grappling stuff, their wrestling heavy grappling stuff. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's something built into their uh, their nationality, I think. Uh-huh. Like wrestling's big in the... In the States, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's like a national... I don't think it's it's as nationally recognized as, as it is in... No, it, it, it's not It's not as ingrained in the culture. Right. And and that's the other... I, okay, I'm not, this is a whole other tangent. I'm going on a lot of tangents. The, the theme that's come up a lot was like, this stuff is all relative. Like, when I'm talking about, you know, Russian judo players being badass, yeah, relative to a lot of the Americans I saw. Um... But they're, and it's sort of the same thing. Like, athletically, we're not usually ha having our best of the best go into wrestling, mm -hmm. especially at the higher weight classes. Like, you know, I, I, D Daniel Cormier might end up at, you know, going down as my all time favorite fighter, but he wasn't in wrestling because he was a, a naturally gifted athlete that could do any sport that he wanted. And he just did wrestling for the love of it. Like he was like a short, stocky guy who, you know, had some good physical attributes that lined up with wrestling, but that was sort of it for him. Yeah. Like, um, our, 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 our American athletes go play pro sports because they make a shit tons of millions of dollars doing it. Exactly. I mean, so it's it's either it's either guys who are are like Cormier, um, and that's kind of all they've got. Usually, again, I'm generalizing a little bit. Or, or you get some some of the smaller guys like Henry Cejudo, who who really is an outstanding athlete. But when you're, um, you know, when you only weigh 150 pounds, and you know, 89 of those pounds are, are just your head. <laughs> <they're> <laughs> I hate that guy. There's all. There's only so much, dude. Cejudo got funny. After he retired, now he's actually making good jokes. It's weird, anyhow. But like, Cejudo's a smaller guy, and and his his athletic um, options were very limited, despite being an incredible top tier athlete. 
Speaking of top-tier athletes, what do you think about Brock coming back? I just don't give a shit. I don't care. He- I hate it. I fucking hate it. <clears throat> and the fact that they're talking about Brock coming back and fighting John Jones, I'm like, does everyone in MMA forget that every time Brock has come back to fight M- UFC MMA, the test results, after the fights get finished, whatever, months later, the test results come back. Oh, yeah, he was on roids. It's like every single time he gets caught doing roids or something. <clears throat> the, the, the UFC, I remember one year he got suspended or whatever. And then he, he quote unquote retired. He came back, entered the USADA pool, and they made some kind of ex- exception for him to like enter it earlier or like cut, like shortcut. I'm like, dude, it, it, it sounds very fishy. It sounds like, like the money is making those wheels a little squeakier than, than necessary. He, he, he is definitely a, a commodity for the UFC just because they need to make money. And I, I really don't give a shit. Like he, he's not representative of mixed martial arts at this right. time. I mean, Brock, Brock only ever was really a wrestler, um, and not not even. I'm trying to think how to put it. Brock, Brock Lesnar's wrestling game was: I'm big, I'm strong, and I have a like I'm very very quick for someone that size, and I've got a takedown, and I'm gonna beat you like three to two. Because I'll get I'll get a takedown and I'm athletic enough where you can't take me down that easily, and it wasn't like he had this big diverse wrestling skill set. Like Brock was a pretty limited right. wrestler, and you know, and it was it was interesting to see that at the time when when he was br- breaking out of the UFC. It's like oh what 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 is someone who actually is like a, a good athlete. Um, able to do as a heavyweight and, you know, and has this like good, but limited wrestling skill set. Like that was an interesting experiment, but like, dude, it's over. Like we don't need yeah. to see that again. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm, I, I hate, I hate the whole idea. I hate the whole idea. I, I, I don't want to see him return. And, and that Jones is like, you know, first Jones, Jones wants to fight steep, eh? But I, I don't think that should happen. But then the next fight, he's looking at is the Brock thing and that's strictly because of money. And I'm like, really? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, just like everybody else, I probably watch it, but I'm not, it doesn't, it does nothing for me. Nah. It does absolutely nothing for me. Nothing for the heavyweight division of UFC. It's just. Let, let Jones fight in Ganu. Yeah. That's what I, I say. think so too. I, I mean, sh- should Francis and Ganu have the next title shot? Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know what? When we, because we talked about this before, I, you remember, and I, I was, I was saying they should, they should put him against Volkov because that's a pretty safe fight mm-hmm. that Jones can, I think, will win, and then he can look, you know, and it, but it'll be, it would be like a, lo- you know, longer fight. There'd be a lot of back and forth, um, all that sort of stuff. That's like if you're trying to build Jones and set him up for a title shot next. I said I'd be interested in seeing him fight Curtis Blades because. Uh, I like Curtis Blades, but I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Fuck John Jones. Yeah. <laughs> give him, give, give him Ngannou. Um, let Ngannou land one of those bombs on John Jones, and then you you can do the oh, so you want to be a heavyweight moment? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Brock coming back to the UFC at all does not interest me at all. John Jones should if he, if John Jones is really truly going to heavyweight, let him fight somebody uh, like he like we were saying someone in the, like the top five that will. Um, 
give his name some weight and then potentially get him up, set him up for like a a, a heavyweight match, a title match after that. Uh, but Brock should stay retired. Fuck him. Go stay with. I know he his WWF uh, WWE contract expired. That's why the whole conversation got started to begin with. And what what kind of annoys me too is the fact that Daniel White is so like. He, he, I forget his exact words, but it's something like, uh, you know, if, if it's something that I, we are interested in doing, it's like, dude, can you be any more fucking transparent about like going after just money? And no, it's it's no longer about the, the best of fighters fight the best fighters. It's it's hey, if we can make a shitload of money doing it, um, but if that's not a fight that it doesn't. It's different. Like the BMF thing and that thing are two different things. Like the BMF thing and and BMF thing was always kind of a spectacle and and you know two two Latin guys that talk shit and get into their people's skins and you know that that had already like some pre-fight hype to it. Whereas Brock Jones just uh... the, the the other part of it is Brock is old now. I mean, I think I think he's in his forties, right. and Separate from that, I mean, he's 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 a little bit of a, of a broken man. I mean, he had a really bad health issue. He had diverticulitis, I and mean, that's where I you're have that. getting this inf- inflammation of your intestines. Um, and it got bad enough where he had to have several feet of his intestines removed. And um, you know, I I think once you get for you you get past forty and you've had like a major organ surgery like that, you're you're probably not competing at your your peak level yeah. anymore. I mean, so Mondo, I don't I don't want to rain on your parade and squash your hopes and dreams, but like I don't think like if you have to get surgery to have your intestines removed for diverticulitis, I don't I don't think you're gonna be able to beat John Jones anymore. <laughs> no, that's never <laughs> like before that a, a few years ago when you were in your prime. And and you, you you had you had you have some some fewer stomach issues like you might have had a shot you you probably you could have taken them no with as long as you, you didn't lean into to to body kicks with but. me it's just debilitating in that um it doesn't like uh it doesn't let me do my it didn't let me do my job to the best I could and it didn't let me just like live my day to day I understand I didn't have any athletic pursuits that it would affect but 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 it is something. It is something that is in the back of my mind, you know, because I want to do jujitsu at some point, knock on wood, hopefully yeah. soon. I don't know whenever it happens, but it's something that's like, I don't want to use, I don't want to go into the gym and use that as an excuse to quit. I I, I don't want any excuses to quit. I, I want to just go 110 and just give it my best, but there are good days and bad days with it and. That's that's one of the things that was actually really helpful for me though when um from when I was doing judo. Let's 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 we'll bring this full circle to go going back to judo, going back to I guess your original question is why am I going to the doctor? That's yeah, what you've been yeah, answering yeah. this whole time somehow. Um when, when, so you know, I kind of told you that that whole scenario where I went to compete in Florida and I was all fucked up and my hip was bad and I was had the flu and I came back and I was just really dejected cuz cuz I had I had actually racked up some points where, um, I because I, th- I think I can't remember if if I placed second in that tournament I would have been able to go to the Olympic qualifier mm. like that was my plan I'm like all right I'm gonna I'm gonna take at least second in this tournament 
I think I'm going to win it. And then I'm going to go to the Olympic qualifier. I'm going to go to the Olympics. Whatever. Yeah. I was, you know, I was 25. I, I hadn't, and I hadn't lost in judo yet. You know, I was just destroying people in these local tournaments. So I'm like, fuck it. Like, why not? I can do this. Um, and I come back and I was like, God damn it. Like I spent all this money to go on this thing. It was, you know, my hips all fucked up Is it, and, it, and it wasn't getting better. And one of the, one of the, the girls, um, who trained there, it was named was, was Corinne was, was, she's like, you just, you just need to go take time off. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, I got to push through this. I got to get ready for the next tournament. She's like, it's not like high school, like, or, or, you know, college sports. Like there's no seasons in judo. If you just go a hundred percent, you're going to wear yourself out. Like mm-hmm. maybe you needed to take more of a break before this competition. I was like, Oh fuck. Like, you know, cause I had that same mentality that you were talking about. Like I want to go a hundred ten percent. I'm just going to push, push, push. And then I wasn't nearly as well versed now, uh, you know, as I am now in terms of doing periodic training and, and you know, structuring workout plans, structuring tra- training regimes. And one of the most important things in any training regime that you're putting together is when you're getting your, your rest, when you're getting your breaks, like you need time to physically recover and mentally recover. And with martial arts, it's like, it, there's that idea that I had of like, you just push, push, push. You want to be 110%. You don't want to take breaks. You don't want to use things as, as an excuse. But if you, if you do that, you eventually just fall apart, which is something that you see happen to a lot of um a lot of UFC athletes, I think. A lot of the times when we see people come in and they have these like really subpar for performances, I would I would guess that those people did not get adequate recovery and break times, and they went in to those matches depleted just because they've been pushing too hard for too right. long. And uh, that was that was one of the problems that I had as as a a high school and collegiate athlete. Like I would get injuries, I'd get banged up, and I would just I would just push through it and be like, "Fuck it, I'll I'll heal at the end of." Uh, the season when it's over, but then there was always a, another season. Um, so as, as far as the doctor at this point, I'm, I'm just trying to get surgery and surgery for what trying to fit to, to start. I I've, I've identified three, <laughs> three things that are, are fucked up and they're all sort of playing off of each other. Um, so as far as the surgery that I want to get, I, I, I just want to get a spine surgery. Wow. Um, and it would most most likely be getting one of my or one or two of my discs, the the discs in my my neck taken out. Oh shit! So, <clears throat> sorry, mate. I was drinking. I feel like I'm Rogan. I'm drinking coffee, and it's it's getting. I'm getting flammy. You mentioned you mentioned before, and I don't know if it was in the podcast or to just you and me uh, on the side. You mentioned your headaches, yeah. and that those were kind of mm-hmm. caused by your neck, uh, also your your jaw, right? Let me let me try to break it down the the best, and this is to the best of my understanding. I mean, this is, this is me taking what different doctors have told me and putting together all the pieces the best I can. And anytime new evidence comes to light, I you know I will readjust and reevaluate. But I've got an an issue called thoracic outlet syndrome. Um, that's where there, there, there's this small channel kind of, it's kind of, um, just, just above where your, your, like your shoulder and your collarbone are. So if you, there's this, this, this small channel where your, uh, your collarbone kind of meets your neck 
and a lot of stuff passes through there. So you have some nerves that go through this like little little area. You've got some some veins and you've got an artery. And when that area gets compressed, either by the the bone or sometimes it, the, the 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 anterior scalene, the actual muscle can get so tight where it's if you can imagine like this little like. Um, Almost, almost think about it like like uh, if if you ever seen like an unfinished house like where where there's like a like a little tube like and they're running electrical wires through it. Yeah, it's like if that tube gets compressed, where now it's squeezing on either the nerves or the veins, or in worst case, I mean, if you, if it's squeezing on the artery, that's like serious business. I don't think that's what's happening with me. Um, then you start running into trouble because if if the Nerves are getting squeezed. That can cause all kinds of neur- neurological problems. It you know can cl- lead to muscle spasms. It can lead to headaches. It can lead to all that. If the vein is getting squeezed, then you might not be getting enough oxygen supply to to your brain um, because that 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 vein feeds um, um, a, a lot of the the oxygen supply. And then the 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 artery, if that's getting compressed, like then you're in serious trouble. Um, that. Because that that artery is a feeder for the carotid artery, mm. and like if that artery is getting compressed, I mean you're you're you just need to get an operation as quickly as possible. Because you know if something goes wrong, like you might just die. Shit. Um, so I, if my artery was getting compressed, I'd be in way worse shape than I would be now. It, it's probably just the nerves, I, I think. Um, and that's one of the things, like, I have been tested for that. Like, all the tests came back uh, positive, but we don't have a definitive test. It's not like, you know, you, where you take a blood test and you're like, oh, that's it. It's 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 this thing, you know, it says that the result is 150 and 150 means you have this. You know, it, it's kind of subjective. It's people interpreting mm-hmm. tests. Um, so that that's, like, issue one. I, and w- one of the things that, that was... To me, the most obvious when I started looking at it, I'm like, oh, they say the people that develop this most frequently are athletes who did repetitive over-the-head shoulder movements. Uh. So apparently, like, swimmers swimmers can get it a lot just because they're, they're doing that shoulder movement when they're swimming a lot. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's all lacrosse yeah. is. When you're cradling lacrosse, like, it's just a repetitive over-the-head shoulder movement. And um, on top of that, I... <laughs> When I w- would hit people in lacrosse, I would hit them in the exact same way over and over and over again. Um, and you don't have pads like in football. I mean, you, you, we, I don't know if you ever saw the pads that I wore, but they were these, these like very thin foam liners yeah. that just were kind of like a cap. So like all that, that shock from the hits w- were always in the same place and it was being absor- uh, absorbed by the same bony structures. So like that, that collarbone on, on the left side is like jacked up a little bit. And it, it probably, um, I probably even had some extra bone growth just to try to deal with that, that impact. Um, and then, and then because of all that over the head shoulder movement, the, uh, that, that scaling is, is really, really tight. So that's thing number one, thoracic outlet syndrome. Thing number two is I've got, uh, a herniated disc in my upper thoracic spine. And then I've got two bulging discs in my cervical spine. Then thing number three is, is my, my jaws. I've got, I've got uh TMJ. It just means temp, temp, well, T 
TMJ just means temporal mandibular joint. It's just the, the joint that hinge that where your jaw connects. And then you have a lot of muscular structures that, that connect to there as well. Um, the thing that I learned is, is all, all the, the two other things I just mentioned can actually be exacerbating TMJ. A lot of people have, who have disc issues will actually have TMJ issues because all those muscles in your neck connect up to your jaw. So if you've got disc issues and your muscles are overactive because of your discs, that'll sometimes lead to that, that joint in your jaw getting tight because the muscles are tight and it compresses your, your jaw joint. And then it's, and it's the same thing, like be, because of the thoracic outlet syndrome, the, the scalenes, the scalene muscles, those muscles that run alongside my neck are really tight. My, uh, my traps are very, very, very tight. And that compresses my neck. If you can just, if you can kind of like picture like your, your vertebrae, like they're all stacked on, you know, on top of each other and there's supposed to be room to move. And then you've got the muscles sort of surrounding them. If the muscles get really tight, it just like squeezes your vertebrae mm-hmm. together. So it, it makes all the disc issues I've got worse. And then when the disc, is, disc issues get worse, then the muscles in my neck start start um, getting tighter because they're, they're trying to keep my neck from moving around too much so my discs don't get fucked up. And then that makes the, the jaw worse. So if I understand correctly, the surgery you want to have is to remove a disc so that will kind of decompress all the rest of the vertebra so it can kind of get more, it'll be just a little less tight, right? Is that, is that? I'm trying to, to fix one point of the equation. So it, it, there's, there's, there's three things that are, are wrong as far as I can tell. And the, the discs are kind of the thing in the middle that are connecting the mm-hmm. other two. Like the discs are connecting the, the thoracic outlet syndrome to the, the TMJ and the problem is it's so hard to treat any one of those things because you can I can treat and I've done all kinds of treatments for TMJ but the two things below it will keep affecting it and it makes TMJ treatment really hard um and without without getting rid of that I can't get rid of headaches and I and then the I could treat the thoracic outlet syndrome but the way they treat it is a surgery and when I looked at the surgery, I was like, oh, we don't have any idea what the fuck we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I've, I've sort of come to learn. Like I always, okay. My, my perception of medicine in America is like, wow, we're super advanced. We have like lasers and cutting into technology and scans. And then you see a, a, a surgery like the one they do with for thoracic outlet syndrome, where basically the surgery is like, well, we're going to go in and we're just going to cut a bunch of shit. We're going to cut some muscle and we're going to cut some bone off. We're going to take a part of your rib off. We're just going to cut all this shit and like hope that sort of frees things up enough. Maybe that's, that's what they do. Like they, they, they call it a rib resectioning where it's like, yeah, we're just going to cut off part of your rib. And then we're going to, you know, we're going to cut the scaling muscles and we're going to cut part of your pec. And like, hopefully that just is, good enough where it fixes it. A lot of people get worse after the surgery. So I was like, that's not a great option. Um, so is this surgery, if they, if they, if you go through with it and they do remove, uh, they do remove a disc, is that going to make you shorter? No, it'll make me taller. Really? Actually. So I, I'm, a, I'm almost a full inch shorter than when you knew me. I, I was, well, okay, let me rephrase that. When I got to college, I was six foot one. Okay. And when I left college, I was about six feet tall. Jesus. So like I lost a full full inch of height, and that probably is from 
that, that's from a lot of things. I think it was from some of the issues that I had with my, my hips, like my, my, um, you know, I wasn't standing I, uh, straight up. I had, um, and I had this sort of, I, I developed this sort of like, uh, it's, I think it's called kyphosis. It's when your like hips sort of like jut back a little bit and you get this sort of like rounding where it's like almost like your butt is like sti- sticking back and then my, my discs <laughs> compressed. Um, that sounds funny. It sounds like, it sounds like you can get a bigger butt with this. Kind of. <laughs> well, and I, I, the, the reason I was doing it is because I had this, this torn cartilage in the front of, uh, well, not in the front. I had, I had torn cartilage in, in, around the, the, the hip capsule and I had a bone spur in the front of my hip. So it's like if you can kind of like imagine like the top of your hip, there's this little dinosaur tooth that was just like sticking out from it. And every time I would raise my leg, it would just, the muscle would run into this bone spur. Um, so my body just naturally kind of like pulled my hips back. So there wouldn't be as much contact. So like my hip didn't have to move as much because when my hip was coming all the way up, it was really painful. I want to get a disc removed if it's going to make me taller. <laughs> well, also, okay. So let me, let me, phrase. it's not, it's not getting the disc removed. They do a disc replacement. Uh. So there's a couple different types of surgeries you can get. You can get a fusion, Eesh. which is, which is, it's, it's the worst idea. That's what your Romero has yeah. where it's, it's, it's actually helped him in a weird way, but where it's, they'll remove the disc and then they'll just fuse the two vertebrate they'll fuse the the bone of each vertebrate together and they're like look like problem solved like there's no more discs so it can't hurt anymore it's like no you fucking assholes you need your neck to be able to move that's that's again where we're just like stupid and primitive with our surgeries and i can't i don't understand who thought that this was a good idea yeah they're like yeah we'll just we'll just this is the analogy that i came up with to explain it It's, it's like if you went to a mechanic and you're like, my car, my, my, my driver's side door in my car doesn't work. Like, it won't stay closed. Like, I'm trying to close my car door and it's not going to stay closed. And the, the mechanic, you come back and the mechanic's like, look, I fixed it. I just welded the door shut. Yeah, yeah. So now it's going to stay closed. You're like, no, no, asshole, I need my door to be able to open. I just need it to stay shut when I close it. And he's like, no, no, I fixed it. The door is welded shut to the car. That's that's what a bone fusion is like. I mean, like I was just watching uh, last night. I was watching. I've seen it a million times before, but I was watching a million a million ways to die in the West with uh, Seth MacFarlane. I think I think that's his name. Yeah, the guy that does uh, the Family Guy yeah, voice. Okay. Hi, I'm Brian. <laughs> there's like this this scene or a couple of scenes where he's like, I had a headache, and the doctor said I needed an ear nail. <laughs> it's like like random stupid shit. I mean, that's still where we're at with a lot of things, to be honest. So, so a fusion, like that is the dumbest fucking idea. The only weird side effect with Yellow Romero is that his neck can't move anymore and it made him way harder to knock out. Right. Have, have, you, ever, have you ever heard fighters say, oh, it's the punches that you don't see coming that really get you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, the, the reason why that is, is because it's not, it's not your chin. They always talk about, oh, that guy's got such a good chin. The, the 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 thing that causes you to get knocked out is your brain bouncing against your skull. Right. So when you're re- relaxed, you're fighting and you're relaxed and you don't see a punch coming, it really whips your head back because you can't brace for it, you can't roll with the the the, the punch. So it's like you you don't see it coming, your neck's nice and relaxed, you get hit and their head just snaps back and it might not have been the hardest punch, but they weren't able to brace for the impact. 
and then their brain bounces really hard against their skull. They get knocked out. Um, with Yoel Romero, he's, he's got no movement in his neck. Like, I've, I've watched Yoel Romero take punches in slow motion, and his head does not fucking move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is part of the reason he's so hard to get knocked out. But uh, I, don't, I don't think the benefit of, <laughs> <laughs> of being, being harder to knock out is probably worth getting a stupid surgery that screws up all the mechanics of your neck. So I'm like, that's definitely out. But you know what? Also, there's probably not enough... I guess data to know whether or not the fact that it's his neck is fused and he's hard to knock out. If that will lead to like long term damage, like- well, well, it. So, so the problem, and no, there's there's a lot of data on this. So for most most people um, who don't have their entire neck fused, like Yolmeromo, maybe they have like one level or two levels. I, I don't remember the exact percentage. But they are so, so, so much more likely to have to get another surgery and another fusion because what happens is is since that level can't bend and move and take impact, all the stress that that level should have been taking now has to be, be uh, put on another level of your spine. Right. Somewhere, if that makes yeah, sense. So it's like, like you should be able to be able to bend and take impact at that level. So now the level above it has to take twice as much uh, impact and has to be able to move twice as much. So people who get the a first fusion almost always end up having to get a second or third fusion, and then you end up with your Romero neck where you can't turn your head. So you're like, not no, I don't I don't want that. You're not getting no fuck yeah, you're that. You're not getting that. You're getting a, a disc replacement. So they put like a they put like rubber or plastic or metal in there or what do they do? So it it used to be that again it was like super super primitive where they were just putting this like little metal disc in mm-hmm. that it would just it would they you know it'd be a piece of metal or two pieces of metal and they would graft it to the the top vertebrate and bottom vertebrate and there'd be a little bit of motion and i, and I looked at those and i was like that's not what i'm looking for mm-hmm. like i want like like i don't want the the terminator one technology i want the terminator two technology right. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to be the t1000 i want to be the t5000 motherfuckers like um so I, I, you know, I, I had just been holding out for something a little bit better. And in a perfect world, I was waiting until they could actually replace it with biological tissue. So it would be just like a regular disc. Um, and this was, this had to have been 2014. I saw that they'd actually started clinical trials for this technology. Like we had the technology to do that. What they were doing was, they were first. They were taking um, re- really advanced imaging, and they were they were able to like image that that exact space in between the spinal column, and they were getting detailed of like okay, what you know, what's the width, what's the length, what's the depth, and they were make and then they were taking three D printers and they were printing out like a little mold of of the exact size that you would need to go in between the spine. Mm-hmm. And then they were using stem cell technologies. This is this synergy of all these different technologies. And they were taking stem cell technology and they were growing a new disc in this little like mold that they they 3D printed. Jesus. And they were taking then they so they were taking that disc and then doing a surgery to insert it into the spine. And like, you know, they were they, it was apparently they had really good results. Only problem was at that point it that the only organism they had tested it on were rats yeah i heard like like china was growing ears on rats and shit like like random limbs and crazy shit on 
on mice. Oh yeah, I've seen I, I've seen yeah I've saw an ear on the back of a mouse. It was a uh, little, little crazy, but I wanted to be one of those rats. That was my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that could be me. You could use Mister Whiskers, or you could just use me. Jesus, but, but um. I, you know, I was just waiting and waiting and like, I haven't heard anything new come up uh, or any advancements. And the, the, the problem in this, in our country is these, these advances come very, very slowly because a, the federal, uh, the food and drug administration are fucking assholes. And B we have, especially anything with stem cells, we, we, there's still this like weird religious stigma yeah, that really slows yeah. us down. So like I mean we're so so far behind Germany when it comes to stem cells. Yeah. Um. We're, we're a lot of these actually like quality of life technologies. We're we're very far behind Germany, um. Which is why when you know you you were if you were a Lakers fan you probably heard about Kobe Bryant going to Germany to get this Regenekin um treatment. That's that's a regenerative medicine, but Germany's just when it comes to to stem cells when it comes to a lot of these sort of joint surgeries are just much better than we are. Um, and I had, I had been aware that uh, Germany, it's not even just Germany, all the European Union countries, New Zealand, Australia, they, they had these really advanced artificial discs where we're still using the T1, um, T1000 technology. I don't think it was quite, I'm not, I'm not familiar with like the Terminator, uh, the, the, the Terminator, but was there, was there a robot that was somewhere between like the, the old Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger robot and then like the super advanced robot that could like turn into different people and mimic voices? Was there one in the middle? Yeah. There, there's all, so there's been like seven Terminator movies and it seems like every single movie brings another generation of like the bigger and badder, the bigger, badder ass, badder asser Terminator. Germany doesn't have the 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 super like advanced uh, robot that can mimic voices and turn its hands into giant spikes, but they've got like the next gen where when you look at it, you're like, oh fuck, that's that's kind of a cool looking thing. It even has a number. It's like it's it's the M six is the one that they've been using the most, and it, it it's fucking cool looking. It looks like something that is actually a little bit futuristic, not some shitty piece of hardware that you'd find at Lowe's. Or Home Depot, right? Um, and but it wasn't cleared in our country. The FDA wouldn't appro- hadn't approved it because, again, like the food and, uh, food and drug administration in the U.S. is a, a joke. And I to go back to to we were talking uh, off air about how correct politics is. I'm guessing a lot of their their motivation about what what they'll approve and doesn't get approved somehow goes back to under the table deals for money. Mar- yeah, far- pharmaceutical it, for sure, for sure. If they can, if they, if they, it's like, it's like we'll sell you the software, but you, but sometimes the hardware is where the fix is or some something like that. Where where we're gonna give you the the temporary fix because the temporary fix is a renewable source of income for us whereas if we could just give you the thing yeah. that fixes it long term something i got who knows how many uh, backroom shady fucking deals have go, gone on behind the scenes with the FDA but long story well it's too late to say long story short but they they, they finally approved in the US this this MSEC M6 artificial disc i think it's in the last 2 years germany's been doing it i think for this maybe six or eight years they've been they've been doing. We just got it approved here, and when I saw that, I was like, "Fuck it!" Like, 
okay, like let's let's do this. Maybe it's not as advanced as I want it, but at least this is this is functional. I mean, the big the big advancements in their their technology is one they've got what they call graduated motion, where the best way I could I could describe it is like think when you're trying to stretch, right? Like if you're just you know trying to stretch out like your your um, your groin or something, right? You're doing like those like side leans. Mm-hmm. When you when you when you start it, when you start the motion, it's pretty easy to move, right? Like you're moving, but then as you get towards the end point, it gets a little bit harder, a little bit harder, a little bit harder to move until you just can't go anymore. Mm-hmm. That's that's a graduated motion. It's kind of it's kind of on a, a gradient scale where the, the at the beginning of the motion, it's the easiest, and towards the end. It becomes progressively harder till you hit the end point, and that's how your body is meant to move naturally. Like the the old discs, like there was no like you, there was none of that. It was just you could just move till you hit the end point, and then you hit a hard end point, and it stopped. Mm. Um, that was so. That was one big advancement, and the second big advancement is that it actually has like shock absorption. Like they don't, they're not using biological tissue, but it's this little. Um, I don't remember if it was polyurethane or, but it's got this little core that it, it looks like something out of a fancy car where it's got this little like shock absorption. Mm-hmm. Or like a shoe. Yeah, kind of. You know, shoes that have those, those inserts to give you a little cushion. And that, so that's, that's the problem with the discs that, that had been improved in America. There was, you know, it's like if you hit that end point of the motion, you're just like, it was just slamming into, to uh, like, you know, like a, a wall. So like if you, if you whip your neck around, it would just be the, the the little like the metal hitting plastic in the disc, which I'm like that can't be good. And then again, there is no shock absorption, and you know I don't I don't think I'm gonna be able to do jujitsu or any combat sports. I'm definitely not doing contact sports like rugby or lacrosse or football or anything moving forward. But it's it's still I'm like I think the goal should be to get as close to biological function as you possibly can. And what what I saw in the past were just woefully short of that. And when I saw this this M6 technology, I was like, fuck, like that's pretty close. All right, let's do it. Uh, and the problem I'm running into is not only is the FDA fucked up in this country, our insurance is also super fucked up. Oh, yeah. So For sure. Absolutely. When all this started, I was working at a state university, so I was a government employee, and I had opted for the best healthcare policy I could get. So I, I had a, a PPO, if you're familiar with those, mm-hmm. which had zero restrictions. I could go to any doctor in any part of the country. It, everything was covered. I, I mean, I, I, I can't remember ever paying a dime for anything. Um, but now, since we, <laughs> your, my health insurance was tied to my employment and my health got so bad I couldn't keep working. Uh, I don't have that that super cool fancy insurance anymore, and I have to deal with all this in network, out of network bullshit. And not surprisingly, any all the doctors that do the, the, this more advanced surgery are out of network. So they cost a shitload more money. I, I mean, to the point where it's 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 not even worth entertaining getting that surgery in the United States. So do you understand why it's so expensive to, to get surgeries and, and even just like basic medical treatment in the United States if it's not covered by insurance? You, we cut, you, you barely scratched the surface a little bit of it the last podcast about how uh, 
we call them private companies, but it just means that they're companies for profit in the states. So okay, so 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 this this is sort of how these these networks they call them. Um, I mean, this is a very like rudimentary explanation. I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm leaving out a lot of nuance, but just I mean, just like we were talking about FDA shady backroom deals. <laughs> The, the insurance companies will contract with different hospitals and healthcare providers. And what they do, especially with hospitals, it's where it's the most ridiculous. The, the, the hospitals want to, to make sure that you need to use insurance. And the insurance companies want to incentivize that you have to do, use insurance. So, sorry, let me rephrase. The hospitals want to, want to make sure that they're getting customers, right? Like if they're not getting clientele... The hospital's not going to be making enough money. They're going to go under. And the insurance companies want to make sure that you need insurance or or, or else people might just say, fuck it, I'm going to pay for this on my own. Fuck you, insurance. I'm not going to have it. So this is, this is sort of the, 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 the deal that they formed. The, the, the hospitals were like, all right, we're just going to charge way more than anything should reasonably cost. Like... You know, to to get a, a piece of gauze and tape, we're gonna charge four hundred dollars, but we're gonna only we're gonna give the the insurance companies that contract us huge huge discounts. So we're gonna charge the the insurance companies much closer to the actual price of what we're spending on on whatever that thing is. That what that what that does is the insurance companies have to send their people to those hospitals. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a case of like, Oh, well I can just choose any hospital. I, you know, I want to go to it kind of like ensures that they're going to get a pretty steady flow of people from that certain insurance company. And on the flip side, the insurance, the, the insurance companies are like, great. Like you need insurance because you can't just pay for it out of pocket because the costs are so absurdly high because of these artificial inflations. We're not paying that, but you can't just ignore us. You have to get insurance. So this is fucking shady ass two way deal. Yep. And I always laugh at this whole, like anytime I hear people talking about, Oh, just let the free market. I'm like, our insurance company has, or insurance system has made it so you cannot use the free market. Like I want to be able to go to the best doctor. I want to be able to go to the best hospital, but I don't have the options to do that because the free market isn't working. Like they've, they've put all these artificial price structures. Right. In, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, you, the, the whole, the big stigma is that we have the biggest or, or we have the best doctors in the United States, but what good does it do if you can't access them because your insurance companies only want to use Whatever. All right. Good. I'm. I'm good. Sorry. You. I'm glad you followed that. I. I felt like I saw your eyes. No. 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 Through, no, like, no. I was paying, back in your head a little. No. I was paying attention. No. And, and look. It's same. Same, know, same with. Same. It doesn't matter if it's a big issue like yours, like your your spine and, and and all the stuff like that, like your headaches, or it's a you know moderate issue like my stomach shit. Like insurance companies only cover so much, only want to do so much, and I want to go to the best fucking doctor to take care of my problem. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to fucking Doctor Seuss. For my problem, but my insurance company sends me to Doctor Seuss to do it, and um, and yeah, the whole you know free market of of uh, it's supposed to work. The idea is supposed to work in in practice. It doesn't. We don't get the best treatment, and you still get 
better treatment if you can afford to end up paying that ridiculous price that uh, you know out of pocket. If you have the money, you can get the better. Well, but that's you know, a, if you have the money, you can get that's the better the doctors. We, we st- even if you have unlimited money in this country, and or, or you know, or, or uh, you know, a great insurance policy like I had before, you still can't get the best care. If money was no object, I was just a super rich billionaire and I had a private jet. I, I would just go to Germany because they've been doing these surgeries right. way, way, way more. They've got a lot more experience. They've got um, better trained doctors in doing the surgery. I, was, I would just go there and, and get it like next week if I could. Yeah, if there was, if there was a way, like with me with my gut stuff, like. I've I've gone to two different doctors and the first one yeah I, I I that's why I don't have faith with doctors they just don't the first one didn't have didn't even really care to pay attention to what the issue was he just gave me a quick prescription see you later and that was kind of fucked yeah. up and the second guy I felt although he he seemed to care he seemed to have interest in my issue he also had an assistant that he would let the assistant like take care of my case more frequently than he actually did. Right. And in addition to that, it seemed like because I did have a decent insurance at the time that the guy was milking me for procedures that I don't really necessarily think helped cuz I still have the issue. I still have like what whatever procedures I've I went through with the guy the problem's still there. So, what was the purpose of those procedures to begin with? You know what I mean. There, there's there's a, there's a, a couple things going on um, that are, that are, I think at, at issue. It's like one um, for, for for issues like your stomach issue, you, you're you're probably not going to get the best and the brightest of uh, medical doctors. Um, I, again, this this is a generalization, but. Most doctors come out of med school with a shit ton of debt, right? I mean, like hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And the way our, our whole system is set up, the people that make the most money are, are really highly, like highly trained, focused, uh, specific specialists, particularly surgeons. So a lot of people who are like, the, you know, the best in their class, they end up going to you know, very specialized practices and usually surgery. Uh, so like a lot more of like the general practitioners or um, some of the other specialties where they can't make as much money, just you just don't end up with like the absolute best people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to say there aren't competent people. There are some very smart, very good doctors. But the in my experience, and I've seen so many doctors, I'm like, wow, this guy was really, really sharp. Oh, he was a surgeon. Okay, this guy was really, really sharp. He was a, you know, fill in like, you know, a, a vascular neurologist, which is like a very specialized practice. The the other thing, the second thing that, you're, and this is a problem that we're both running into, is just the way our doctors are trained in general goes, goes back to, a, 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 as a general system, we try to treat symptoms more then we tried to fix the core underlying problem, and that's what I heard heard from you a lot. Yeah. Where like they were just they were just giving you procedures that were supposed to help your symptoms, but the problem that was causing the symptoms is still right. there. Exactly, exactly. And I just had to kind of, <clears throat> I've kind of just had to adjust, uh, you know, my diet some, and 
get some exercise mm-hmm. in. It seems like I it seems like I've done more to fix my problem than this fucking doctor did. Yes. You know. And 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 it there's no it's it's not like it's going to get it's not like what I've done is going to make the problem go away. It just makes it a little bit better. <laughs> how how much guidance on diet did they even give you when, when He you gave in? me like a I don't know, a 4 to 6 page um like Xerox copies of something that were stapled together, like a packet, and he gave that to me. Jesus he Christ. gave that to me on I was like that was the last thing he gave me after all the procedures. He's like, "Here you go, read this." Like there. So, so did, did he didn't even like really spend a lot of time to sit down zero. with you and like go zero time. And and what what type of doctor was this? Like, what was the specialty? Ah, uh, I think he was a gastroenterologist or gastro something. Jesus. Blah 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 blah. So so that that blows my mind, right? Like. So, so in my case, I mean, I, I told you, I've been to, I, I lost track of how many doctors I've seen once I got over 60, mm-hmm. trying to trying to fix all this stuff that's going on. But I can tell you, in the beginning, you know, when I, when I was first starting to go see doctors, I was having all this trouble sleeping. I had all this inflammation. I mean, it was, it was to the point where probably like a year into it, when it was at its worst, I had so much inflammation in my body that one of the doctors was like, we, we need to put you on this med- Meterol dose pack, I think it was called. It was basically like a 10-day course of steroids mm-hmm. to knock out inflammation. Um, not once, not once that entire fucking time did any of them ask me about my diet, what I was yeah. eating. Yeah. It's just, it's just insane to me. Like, And, and I, th- I went, so it's like, I thought like a gastroenterologist, I mean, that's... Kind of a, a stomach, yeah, exactly. <laughs> related specialty, yeah, that, right? Well, that's like, why I went. How would they not ask you about your I diet? Went, so that's why I went to him. Number one, I didn't want to go to a general guy because they they don't they're not gonna know half as much as this specialist is supposed to know. Number one, number two, I also did a lot a little bit of research. Like so so when I you know through my old insurance company, they they you can you know research doctors under that that are under their insurance whatever. So I looked up a bunch of uh, doctors. It, look, I could have gone to a couple gastroenterologists here locally in Whittier or Norwalk or whatever, whatever. The guy I did research on was like in Torrance, and he had a lot of good ratings. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm willing to make a whatever 40-minute drive or 30, 45-minute drive to go see him out of my well, – not like, like, it's not like a super long distance, but I'm willing to go further than necessary to see – I guess the same type of specialist, but this guy's got a got a lot of good reviews, got a lot of good ratings, and and yeah, I, you know, I still have the problems. I still have uh, the issues. Let's let me let me. I'm trying to just mentally put a pin on something I want to come back to, but a lot of that, I'd say most of that, just goes down to how we actually train our doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is this is one of the things, kind of like little factoids that I. I I try to line up when I'm explaining to people the issues I think uh, we have with how we train doctors. Because again, there there is a perception. Right? You talk to people and like, no, we've got the best doctors in the world. Like we're the we've got the. You hear that a lot, right? Have you ever heard? Yeah, that? yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and that's kind of what I thought too before I went 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 through all this. And I'm like, okay, so we've got the best doctors in the world. Um, what's, what's the leading cause of death in, in the United States? If, if, and I, I, obviously I know the answer, but if you had a guess, what do you think it is? Uh, the leading cause of death, I would, yeah, annually. annually, I would, I would think, uh, tobacco, cigarette, cancer or something like that. Nope. There's, there's one that's higher than, uh, higher than cancer, higher than gun death, higher than suicide, higher than drug addiction, 
and by by like a lot and, and just to just to tell you it's on top it's heart disease okay okay yeah yeah it's more, more, it's it's I, I can't remember the exact number I could look it up but it's more than 600,000 people die every year of, of heart, you know heart disease and then if you lump if you lump diabetes I mean the different things but I mean diabetes is also a major issue but just number one cause of death not to get distracted heart disease that's that's a product largely of, of diet and then when I looked, I was like, okay, how much do they actually spend on diet and nutrition in medical school? And and the the average is 19 hours yeah, total, yeah. all of medical school. Like one of like the – I'd say like the base most foundational thing to your health, they always say diet and exercise. Right. And they spend 19 hours. There's some medical schools where you, you can get out – of that med school with the degree and you get one hour of nutritional training. Yeah. They, they, they fucking bring you in for like one class and they're like, yeah, well, uh, you protein carbohydrates and, uh, drink lots of water. All right. You're a doctor fucker. Like it, it blows my mind. And again, I, w- I was to, to me, I'm like, okay, like, am I overreacting? Is this just a, you know, is there some really reputable source that is saying the same thing I am? Cause that again, right? Like I'm not, I'm not a, a researcher. I'm not a medical professional. Um, maybe maybe I'm overreacting to this. And this is the thing I found: the the American Heart Association <laughs> put out a statement saying that we do not have nearly the amount of medical training uh, in nutrition that yeah. we need, and they think that's one of the primary contributors to all this heart disease that they see. And wait, this is this is a quote by uh, from the statement from. A Dr. David Eisenberg saying, quote, it is a scandal that health professionals are not introduced to these facts above and beyond minimal information about nutritional deficiencies in biochemistry and that these things do not appear on their examinations to become practicing physicians, nor are they required on board certification, whether it's to become an uh, internist, a cardiologist, endocrinologist, you name it. So it's like, it's not even, it's not even that they're not teaching it. Like you don't have to, to be, to pass your boards, to become a cardiologist. You don't even need to, 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 to have any nutritional knowledge because right. it's not on the test. That's stupid. Like that's fucked. It's like, it, to me, to me, to me, it's the equivalent of you can get your, you can get your high school diploma, but never having to take a reading class ever. It's kind of, or you only take like, or you yeah. take like. No, that's exactly. Or you take like, like you said, one hour of reading class the entire. It's like, duh. But, but that's the, that's the thing. It's like diet affects every all these specialties. You know, if you're um, if you're a cardiologist, obviously your diet is going to affect what's going on with your heart. Yeah. Like that's that's what the American Heart Association is saying. If you're an endocrinologist, I mean that. So that's that's dealing with your your hormones and your diet. I mean, it, it, again. It's you know your your the amount of testosterone you produce can be highly affected by your diet. We were just yeah. talking about that Chemicals, in the last episode. Chemical, yeah, all that. It so it's like every every single one of these specialties is highly informed by your diet, and they just don't get any training or have to pass any tests when they're getting board certified, which is just so crazy. So it's so, like it's like we're sitting. I I, I would have thought a gastroenterologist would have discussed diet. Like with I you, said, they gave me the pamphlet. They're like, here, read this. But there was no going over it. There was no, hey, do you have any questions? There's not. It was just like, here. In fact, what they did was like, hey, we'll see you again in a year so you can get another procedure if you want. <laughs> Fuck Jesus. you guys. 
so what I've do, so what I the, the the fix that I've done the little home remedy I've done is just try to eat um try to eat healthier try not to you know eat greasy fatty fried shit try not to take a lot of sugar intake like I don't drink soda very very rarely do I drink soda the the, the sugar I intake I get the highest from is probably from from booze and alcohol but but I, that's a yeah, lot but I don't you know but but outside of that I'm not drinking like you're do a lot of normal normal people everyday people are drinking soda on the daily or juices on the daily or multiple times a day so I don't I stay away from that shit I stay away from fried fatty stuff I try to eat as much um uh, stuff that's not been processed. So like, 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 I'll, like, yeah. you know, a nice piece of meat, you know, that's not been McDonald's, uh, um, you know, some vegetables, uh, you know, try to avoid fruits. I'll have fruits here and there, but not too many fruits. There's a lot of sugar in fruits, but there's a lot of sugar. And then there's a lot of acid content in, um, you, you know, citric acid in a lot of fruits. And yeah, if you've, you're having, uh, an upset stomach that could definitely exacerbate it. Yes, I've I've tried to do that. The the difficulties in that though are because I'm here at my folks. My mom makes food and and she does not give two fucks about like proper diet and 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 so it's just like whatever she cooks I got to eat. So I'll just eat it in smaller portions or I'll if it's something that's way out of whack as far as like the stuff that's in the food she makes then I just won't eat it at all. Like today I had like a little bit of white rice with some uh little green beans in it and that and, but she had other stuff going on too i just didn't want to eat the other stuff because it was i just see i just you know i just saw that it was not not good i mean I've, I've gotten a lot more restrictive um with with my diet too just because you know you're talking about sugar content i i this, this came up uh it's weird it's weird that like we're going to such detail now and i just didn't feel like talking we, we're on we were on a zoom call with a bunch of Lancers, and they're like, why aren't you drinking? And I'm like, yeah, I just don't drink anymore. Mm. Um, and the reason I cut it out was because of, there's so much sugar content, especially in, in domestic beers. Um, and I cut out sugar because sugar drives inflammation like crazy. And I run into this problem is, you know, all these muscles in my head and neck are working overtime you know, they're, they're, they're firing their muscle spasming when they shouldn't be. So I, you know, and it's, it's sort of the same thing. Like if you were just working out at the gym constantly, like you just get all this inflammation just cause your muscles need to break. Um, so I, I get all this inflammation because my, my muscles are unnaturally working hard and I've, I'm, I'm just like, I have to do everything I can to limit that. Um, limit that naturally because if you t that's the other thing i learned out oh if you take a bunch of anti-inflammatory medication that's causes a whole bunch of separate problems yeah but so so wow this just really did all kind of tie together the reason i'm going to the my doctor is, is twofold it's like one i want to try to make some sort of game plan about this surgery like i don't i don't know what the fuck to do. i don't know what you would do if you were me the way i see it i've got three options. I can either just try to go to a doctor that my insurance will cover and get like a really, to me, what seems like a substandard technology, like grafted into my spine, which doesn't seem like a great option, but option two would be to, um, to just, just I just wait 
until my insurance plan expires. It's, it's you know, in November, they, they call it, uh, it's open enrollment when I could try to enroll in a new plan. And at that point, I could try to find a different insurance policy from, you know, maybe a different insurance company that will cover one of the doctors that does the procedure. You know, I'd have to work backwards. I'd have to find the doctor I want to go for, to first and then try to figure out if I could get to onto a different insurance. And, and again, I mean, thank thank. God, for all of its flaws, the Affordable, Affordable Care Act at least makes it so those insurance plans have to accept me. Yeah. Because prior to Obama, they would be like, oh, you, you want to get this really expensive surgery? Yeah, we no, we're on to you. We see all these MRIs and your neck's fucked up. No, screw you. Yeah. We're not, you're you're, you're going to be a financial loss for us. Uh, and that's, I mean, that is exactly what they did. They just wouldn't let me on the policy, you know, a policy that would cover this. They, they can't, um, they can't do yeah. that now. I mean, they can can't they could just cancel the whole policy, uh, you know, and say, well, we're just not making money on this. F- fuck all of you. But they can't not let me onto an existing policy. So at least there's yeah. that. Or uh, or or option three would be just try to wait until um, America isn't retarded, gets COVID under control, and other countries will let us in again, and just go to go to Germany or go to a different country to try to get yeah. it. Um, That's crazy. That that all all that stuff I explained about hospitals inflating uh, prices and these like shady backroom deals just doesn't happen the same way. the The way Germany does it, they're like, okay, like this is how much it costs us to do it. You know, we're gonna. This is how how much we're gonna raise the price so we get some sort of profit, and that's it. It's it's just sort of like the same way as like any business works. You know, like with like yeah. a car. Like okay, this is how much it costs to make the car. This is how much we're gonna sell it for, so we we get a profit, and then there you go. So it's still expensive. Like it, what I'm, I'm, I want them to put like a pretty cutting piece of technology, uh, and then graft it into my spine. Like it's not cheap to do, but at least it's it's not outrageously expensive like it would be in the U.S. Give me a knife and some band aids. I'll, I'll I'll shimmy it up with some. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's it's a lot like it it, it it would be akin to like getting like a not a luxury car, but like a um, I don't know, like a, a Toyota 4Runner or something <laughs> like reliable. I don't really have money for that, but that's I feel like that's one of these things like you shouldn't maybe maybe you don't get the, the fancy car with all of like the nice like, uh, you know, um, navigation guided steering and like, you know, fancy interface and heated seats. That you, I can live with all that shit when it comes to a car, but man, if it's something that they're gonna put in your neck, like yeah, 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 that doesn't doesn't seem like something you should skimp on, right? So I don't. What, like, what would you do? I, well, COVID fucks you up even more right now. Like you said, if 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 it's available in Germany, I'd go to Germany, but COVID's yeah. fucking that up too, and it it's it doesn't see it's it seems to be like no matter what. You have to wait. <laughs> Whether you have to wait for the insurance company to figure it out, or your open enrollment, or or COVID dies out, you can go to Germany. Either way, it's not something that you can do right away. You just gotta, you just gotta, like you did when you bought, you 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 did your research in buying the house, the home you're you're living in now with your family. You had a plan. It seems like right now is a perfect time to do all that planning, so that when when you can press the button, you can. You already have a plan of action, like you said. It it just it just sucks because I'm I'm in a, a more more pain than I've been in for a long time right now. Um, and it, and it happened. I mean, I I told you um, I took I took a a 
really big landscaping job. I mean, one where I, I had to hire, I had to hire other people. It was too much for me to just do by myself. And I don't, I don't do landscaping and I don't usually do manual labor, but I was like, I was like, fuck, I'm going to make $6,000 in a week. Like me personally, not even, you know, a- after I pay the guys and, um, I had to rent some equipment and stuff to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I will personally make $6,000 in a week. And I was like, I can't, I can't turn this yeah. down. But I also had like a schedule we had to hit, and um, the the guys I hired, like like luckily, I mean it was just I fuck fuckers I found on Craigslist. One of them was great; he worked really hard. The other guy, not as much, but like he still he was okay. But it kept happening where I was like looking at him like shit, like we're not gonna be able to get as much done as we we need to today, so we can move on to the next start, you know, phase of it, and we're gonna be behind schedule and. Um, so I kept I kept getting the points from like fuck I have to do like manual labor to keep us on schedule with this project, and I felt like I could do it. And at the end of it, um, I I like I had not felt pain in my spine like that before. Like I could actually feel those sections of my spine that were fucked up. Like like there was felt like there was like a little like fire just burning, like a little furnace that was just Jesus. burning like in that spot on my 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 spine, and. Uh, I was I was pretty fucked up. I mean, I had to take a few days where I'm like, I just can't do anything. Like, I'm just gonna be, you know, at, at my house just trying to recuperate. And um, obviously, you know, I'm I'm making like more or less complete sentences right now, <laughs> I'm not just wincing in pain every time we we talk. Because I actually managed to get for me a, a decent night's sleep last night, but it still hurts. Like as we're speaking right now, like there's a spot. Like I'm, I don't know if you can see where I'm pointing. No, probably not. Like right there in my neck, it's just incredibly painful. And then there's one lower in my upper spine where it's just like I said, it feels like there's this like like a little like fire burning in there. And uh, and it's so like the prospect of waiting, especially now that I made the decision of like, all right, I want to get surgery because it's something I've said. Oh, no, I'm gonna. I didn't even know if it was gonna help. I had some doctors tell me I needed it. I had some some doctors tell me that they didn't think that was the problem. And now that I've, I've decided I'm, I want to get it, like, I don't want to wait. I mean, it would be, you know, I have to wait September, October, November for open enrollment. Then I'd have to wait December. So now we're four months to, you know, into January to, to even be able to, to, to have, a, have a new insurance. And then it would be however long it takes to get the appointment with another doctor, you know, a doctor. So now we're talking sometime, maybe, best case scenario, maybe I could line things up ahead of time. I get a, an appointment sometime in January. And then by the time the surgery is scheduled, because they're not going to schedule a surgery without ever seeing me. Now we're talking, you know, bet, best case scenario, we're talking, um, you know, January, February, maybe yeah. March. I, I would say if it, the, the absolute quickest I could get, if I want to get a better technology, the fastest timeline, if everything goes according to plan, now we're talking about maybe a surgery in March. So September, October, November, December, January, February, March. We're, we're talking s- seven months. Best yeah. case scenario. That's everything goes according to plan. To, and where it's like, wow, I'm like in a lot. I mean, hopefully I can get the pain more under control. I can kind of tamp things down a little bit. But I, I just, at any time I hear this argument of like, oh, like, you're going to have to wait forever to get treatment in some socialist fucking country like Canada. I'm like, dude, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, in theory, 
you you could get treatment quicker here if you're and it's usually though if you're ultra rich and you have an insurance or you have an insurance plan like I had before but um that's not the case for most people yep so I don't I don't know that's why I'm a little torn and then and then my my primary care doctor that I'm going to see also just fucked my whole stomach up what yeah so I'm trying to those are the two things I want to ask him it's funny you're talking I I never really had um I've never really had stomach issues, um, but actually, no, I guess I did once when I was in college. You remember? Of course you remember. It was that, that whole, that first summer that we lived together mm-hmm. in the house. Um, and it was, you, you just started at the bank and it was, it was, uh, myself, Lawrence and, um, I actually, fuck, Big Rick was there too. I forgot Big Rick was there. No, initially it was just, initially it was just you, me and Law Dog for maybe the summer. And then we had somebody else yeah. coming in after the summer. Yeah, Ballarker came in in the right. fall, but so so it was the three of us living together in the summer, and but it was me, Lawrence, and Big Rick working in this fucking warehouse. Um, and if you remember, we'd we'd go there at like two p.m. in the afternoon, we'd get back at like two in the morning. Those were our hours, and I was just eating terrible shit food, yeah. um, you know, fast food, and I was <laughs> I was eating sandwiches where it was like white bread and processed cheese and like like bologna. Yeah. Cause I was just trying to not spend money on anything yeah. and, and I got really, really, really bad acid reflux where like, I, I just couldn't eat, I, I like, I couldn't eat solid foods for like a f- several weeks. It was so bad. Um, that's the only time I've had stomach issues, but then, um, I, I fucked my stomach up like a little bit, I think during COVID cause I, with all, with, so, so if you're not, if you're trying to not eat processed foods, you're trying to not eat sugary foods there's not like a lot of like random snacking. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't working as much and I, and I, and I wasn't obviously wasn't going out to restaurants and things like that. So like, I just wasn't eating a ton. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, so I had this, this habit where like, I just wouldn't eat all day and I would eat one like pretty big meal at night. And it was something about that was, was sort of aggravating my stomach a little bit. And, and I, I had gotten this sore throat for like a couple months and my doctor, so I go to see my doctor when it hadn't been going away. He's like, oh, you might have acid reflux. That could be, it's actually the acid that's, that's, um, giving you the, the throat issues. And then he wanted to put me on, on a proton pump inhibitor, which, which basically just makes your stomach stop producing acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, and then I found out like, yeah, that did make my, after several weeks, my throat felt better. But then apparently you need uh, acid to digest food. Like that's why you have stomach acid. <laughs> so then I ran into all these digestive problems and I was getting like f- fucked up like constipation. And like, like mm. I went, I went six days without taking a shit. Mm, awesome. Yeah. It was not fun. That's horrible. Uh, so it, I was bad. I just felt like my st- stomach and intestines were going to explode. Um, and then, so then I stopped taking the proton pump inhibitor, you know, the, the Prilosec. Um, and then and I, still, I still have some, like, digestive problems. It's not as bad as it was, but uh, I'm, like, I'm like, okay, A, like, fix what you fucked up. And B, uh, I, I want to get this, like, surgery that's good. And none of the doctors that my health insurance cover will do it. And I, I'm trying to, I'm, so I'm trying to make a game plan for. Eat a lot of greens. A lot, a lot of greens. 
I did. Oh, so that's so that's and that's part of okay. So and that's part of the reason why I dropped all this weight was because yeah, I, I see. I my my appointments in fifty minutes it takes okay. half an hour Just to get there. Sure. So I, I, I yeah, I see. I uh, thank you for thank you for the the time request. Uh, I, I the, there, there's a, there's a hard out in ten minutes. No worries. Um, so I was trying to wrap it up, but it's like, oh, so if you just are eating vegetables and you're not even eating that much of them or that many of them, um, and you're not sleeping a lot. Yeah. Wow. You could, you, maybe you lose a lot of weight and drop muscle yeah. mass. That's crazy. Like if you're not eating a lot of calories and like almost no protein, huh? <laughs> you're you're saying that you're saying there's not a lot of snacking to do when you're, um, when you're trying to avoid like all the other shit. So what I do is I'll go to like Costco and mm-hmm. I'll buy them big old tubs of unsalted mixed nuts. So I snack on a handful of those every now and again when I feel kind of like kind of hungry. Um, but yeah, like, or even like, like I'll eat fucking vegetables raw. Like, but there's fucking broccoli. I'll eat raw broccoli. You know, I'll eat fucking, you know, green. Well, shit so that's, raw. Th- that's, that's what I used to. So my, my snack foods, it used to be like a lot of almonds, a lot of, um, a lot of carrots and, and there's, there's some things that aren't, aren't like real sugary that you can, you know, use as dip for carrots that make them taste pretty good. Uh, all that stuff, super, super hard to digest. Almonds, especially. Really? Are you, yeah, think, think about it. It's like an almond. It's like a little fucking piece of wood. Like that's, that is hard to break down. Usually the harder and denser something is, the, the tougher it is. To, not usually. That's, that's just literally, if you think about, think about. Your, your stomach trying to, you know, acid trying to break down. You're putting a little, little nut in there. That, that takes a lot of doing to digest. And I'm having mm. all these digest, uh, digestive issues. So it's like I'm trying to eat things that are going to be easy for my stomach to break down. I mean, it's going to be things that are a little bit, um, little bit mushier, a little bit less solid. Um, and that, that really limits it. Bananas. Also actually hard to digest. And they've got... A lot uh, of sugar. They've got... A lot, a lot of sugar and a fair amount of I, actually bananas aren't that that high in, in acidic content, but they're yeah they're a little bit hard to digest. Yeah, it sucks. Um, I feel your pain. I I literally feel because I I I've been dealing with this shit since fucking d- Bakersfield pretty much. So it's been six seven years of this shit. You know, it's 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 better now than it was a couple years back. But like I said, it has to do more with me being more. Uh, mindful of what I eat and then and then just saying no like when mom makes these fucking ginormous meals it's like nope sorry I'm just gonna eat this this I know you made a five course meal but I'm only gonna eat two of them and in smaller portions thank you that's that's the rough part for me is that I mean I I don't think my metabolism is quite what it was when I was in college but Amazingly, it's still pretty close. We used to make fun of you back then. We used yeah, to call, Fluffy we used the Tapeworm, eh? Fluffy the Tapeworm, yeah. Because <laughs> you would fucking eat like twice your size. Like you were like an ant. You'd eat twice your body weight in food. Yeah, that was that was a Kevin Ow joke. He, he said that he thought that I had a, a, a giant tapeworm parasite, which he had named Fluffy. And that was the <laughs> only reason I could eat as much. Um, and, and so I... I now I'll usually still want to eat like maybe like one giant meal versus then I would eat like a giant meal and then a second giant meal and then like 15 minutes later to be hungry again. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I can't, 
I can't do that right now because like yeah. I'm not even I'm not even eating like just a normal size meal. I'm eating like small meals and I'll usually only eat a couple of them a day. Same. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that may, even though I'm not like, I'm not nearly as active as I was, I, you know, I'm not doing these really hard workouts or, you know, multiple hour long practices or any of that. But uh, yeah, it doesn't, I guess it makes sense that I would have dropped a lot of weight. What's, what's, what's cause, uh, like by comparison, I remember when I was like, a, you know, high school for sure. Your metabolism is amazing when you're younger. It's fucking, it's, awesome i was like in high school even even the early ages earlier years in college like i can go to like tommy's uh, the chili cheeseburger place tommy's world famous i can eat like two cheeseburgers an order of fries and a big old drink and ha- and be just fine mm-hmm. like now like no joke i could probably have like half of a burger if i tried and maybe a little bit of the fries and and then i'm like i just i just can't i can't put more food in my stomach like i can't put for more food in my mouth it just doesn't work do you have natural grocers like it's a a, a chain in, no uh, we have like we have like whole have foods and, yeah we have sprouts we have whole foods whole, whole foods might be worth trying um they're expensive as fuck though oh sure for, for a lot of things but um one of the th- this is not this is not going i don't think gonna fix it but it, it might um, just help with some of the digestive issues for you. Um, is, if you just get aloe vera, um, I have a plant and, in my backyard, a big old plant, but, but you just want to get a uh, liquid that you can drink. So check this out. My cousin, shout out to David Ratana and his dad. Um, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to drink this drink nightly and, or in the mornings and they would get like an aloe, whatever plant, and then just take out all the solids Minus the hard leafy outer part of it, throw them in a mm-hmm. blender with water. Yeah. With water, I think they said cucumber mm-hmm. and a couple other green things, and just yeah. blend it up, make a drink out of it, and drink it very uh, every night. And it seemed to help them for like a bunch of other shit too, not just stomach stuff. It, it's just, it's just really good for you. There's no negative. Um, and and aloe vera, part part of the reason it's so good medicinally is it does have anti-inflammatory properties. Mm. Like people will put it on like sunburns and like yeah. jellyfish things because it it can calm that down. And it, it's something that your stomach tolerates really well. So it's like you can literally just put this nice sort of gel-like coating on the inside of your stomachs and let it go through your intestines and everything. And um, for for me, like. A lot of times, especially because I like now part of the reason I'm also not eating a lot is because my stomach will just feel like upset or it'll start to feel like like really irritated if I'm eating um, especially hard to digest things. And if I just drink a little bit of aloe vera first, it just sort of like feels like it calms everything down. Um, So you drink it before a meal? uh, Aloe? Sometimes, or if I've eaten something and then my stomach feels upset, I'll just drink a little bit afterwards. And it it really does feel like it, it calms things down and, and it is somewhat of a, a natural laxative as well. I mean, it's not, um, you know, it's, it's not like the, the over the counter drugs where you like, you take it and like you have to shit. It just yeah. is supposed to, to help. So it, it's, it, you know, I think last episode too, we were talking about like superfoods and, and these things that have these like great natural healing properties. Aloe vera definitely hmm. is in that, that list. And, and, uh, I guess I gotta the, do it the, now. The, the the reason I was asking about like a natural grocers or sprouts or, or probably Whole Foods would, would have an option was because you can get it cheap. Um, you know, like if you just go to like Walgreens or something, they'll sell it. But it, it's just 
I don't know if it's how they process uh, process it or if they have additives or whatever, but it's fucking disgusting. Like you try to drink it, you're like, oh, gross. Like, yeah. And the the brand that I get from Natural Grocers, it's like it's actually enjoyable for me to drink. I you know I'll do it as like little shots. I'm not drinking a whole glass, but you kind of like take a swig of you're like, mm, like that feels kind of good. Slides down nice and smooth. Hmm. Um, so it's like it's like enjoyable to take versus. I just make my own. Is, Fuck that. Telling you, just dude. I, I still I still remember when you made guacamole from the avocados in in the uh, from that tree in the back of the Lancer house. I was like, that's amazing. That blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, but no. So I think I did that once with those avocados, but then I, I would use store bought too because those ones. No, I just had. yeah, just the one time. But that was like a. Yeah, if you can get or if you can get organic avocados, they're always and anything grown, anything tomato. We talked about tomatoes and all that shit, like. Yes. Anything actually grown from the ground that hasn't been pumped full of fucking pe- pesticides or and or um, things that make them bigger. Um, yeah, I gotta try that. That that is still. I think at this point in my life, avocados are my favorite food. I still love eat them. them. I love. They're so good. They're so good for you. They're healthy. They taste good. It feel it 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 it, it feels good in my stomach. Like when it goes in there, my stomach is like, oh yeah, we know what to do with this. Yeah, for a while I was doing the juicing thing, the Nutra Bullet nonsense, and I would mm-hmm. make I would make some of no, those. No, that's drinks. not good. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, but I would do them with avocados. So, so certain drinks had avocado in it. It made it creamier. Tasted like weird, but ju- juicing is not terrible. But one of the big issues with with taking those sort of shakes and taking supplements and, and all that sort of thing. It's like, like particularly supplements. Okay. You could take a supplement with like 8 billion milligrams of whatever you're trying to get. That doesn't matter if your body doesn't absorb it. Um, and our stomachs ha- and our digestive system has e- evolved to take, to take the delivery system from food and process it and get those nutrients out. Well, a lot of times, like, you know, like this might come as a shock, but like ancient prehistoric man didn't have juicers. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, yes, me, me hunt and gather, me, me get vegetables, take to juicer. Oh, yeah. Mm, nice creamy blend. The one- so so the, 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 let me just uh, finish this thought. The, the problem with a lot of supplements and things like that is they might have the vitamin content or whatever you need, but your body doesn't know how to observe it and you just piss and shit it out. Gotcha. So. You, you, your our body tends to absorb and process nutrients and vitamins way, way better in a more natural state. Gotcha. That was it. That's all I was trying to say. Yeah, I was gonna say the ones, the one that the the Nutribullet does leave all the pulp and all the other shit in there. But again, oh, that's, get, that's, yeah, that's better for sure. Them. Yeah, it, it's not like one of those pure uh, juicers where like it leaves all the pulp out. Like it just gives you just the juice. Like no, it left all the okay. stuff in there. But it's still, it's still better to like you said, you know. It, it, Eating an orange versus uh, juicing an orange is yeah, different drinking things. orange juice. Yeah. They even call it. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Hugo de Naranja. 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 Yeah, you do pronounce the J in that. Naranja. That reminds I'm me. I'm getting of, better. That reminds me of a. <laughs> I watched a. <laughs> I watched a Eurovision song contest. The. Fire and fire, fire saga, something like that. It's a Will Ferrell movie that came out like two months ago, and there's a song in it that they sing called "Yaya Ding Dong." <laughs> Yaya Ding Dong. Uh, if you ever get around to watch that movie, you gotta watch it. I'm, I, I still don't. 
it's weird. I mean, I really do. I have to go, so I'm going to have to keep this this tangent short. Um, but uh, I'm I'm still not the best. Like, if I if I'm just trying to say something, mm-hmm. like I just want to say, um, you know, I'm not feeling well or something like that. It doesn't. The recall is not as good. But if I'm if I'm hearing something, I'm I'm pr- I'm actually pretty good now. And when I see it written, I'm I'm like very good. And I was, I was just trying to. I was trying to remember all the things I could say and I was going through like, you know, I've gotten like a lot of like the basics, like, you know, uh, the boy, the girl, El Nino, El Nino, like all that sort of stuff. You know, mi, mi madre, mi padre, uh, mi abuelo, abuela, yo, yo, yo tengo un, yo tengo una abuela uh, elegante. Yeah, I don't, but- I, don't. <laughs> I mean, my grandmother's dead, but I mean, she's, she's very elegant for a dead person. Um, and then, like, like a lot of travel stuff, I I I, I learned like yo, yo, yo necesito un taxi. Uh, Donde está el, el aeropuerto? I'm learning a lot of that kind of stuff. Then Donde está el baño? Yeah, Me, that's an important one. When when you your, your constipation finally yeah <laughs> finally works itself out, because that did happen the other day. I went. I have got to the point where like before it was like I can't go. I can't go. And then some, it would uh, get to the point where it's like. I, f- I feel like I have to go, but I can't. And then I was trying to walk my, my dog. I was walk- taking my dog for a long walk to the grocery store and I was going to buy this like like coffee because I was like, fuck it. I don't normally drink coffee. It's a natural laxative. And about five, 10 minutes away, I went from like, I feel like I have to go to, I have to go and I don't have a choice. <laughs> I have to go and I got to go now. Yes. Jesus. Um, Donde <laughs> está el baño? Yo, yo necesito el baño. <laughs> um, and then, and then, uh, and then what, what else? I, I learned a lot of stuff with restaurants. Um, like, uh, hold on. I'm getting a phone call. You didn't learn, you didn't learn them if you have to look them up. No, come on. I gotta go. Yeah, you gotta go. Uh, I'm back. Yeah. Um, I was, I really, I was going with something. I was bringing this, this full circle. Um, I, I was, I was, I was saying all the things that, you know, I, I know how to say, like, um, yo, 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 yo quiero una mesa para dos personas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can, I can say things like that. And, and, and I think if I recall the way, the way we started out this whole podcast was you asking me how I felt. And I said, estoy mal. Mm-hmm. And, now, now I've got to, I've got to uh, sign off here. I got to go to the doctor and figure out how I get from estoy mal to estoy bueno. Estoy muy bueno. That's the goal, <laughs> and I will settle for nothing less than muy bueno, motherfucker. Fix it, you piece of shit doctor. It's gonna get mad. I this can is, teach you. Picture me like, like grabbing him by his little fucking doctor. Uh, coattails and be like, estoy mojo, motherfucker. No, cabrón. Yo, cabrón. yo necesito estoy bueno. <laughs> yeah, we got to teach you some Spanish curse words too. Those always help. The, 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 if if you do really well on Duolingo um, and you you spend a lot of like the points you accrue, you can get a lesson on Spanish pickup lines. Ah. But but that's that's for another. T- for, first first um, first I get I get bueno. Then I get Spanish pickup lines. Then I get Spanish mamacita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. S- step one, we go to doctor. We get and we work towards bueno. 
that that's all I got to say. Signing off. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. I talk to you later, man. Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.